Welcome into this episode of Farscast. Happy New Year, Farzine Vasugian here with you. And joining me is my friend, guest co-hosting author, Melody McAllister. Melody, how are you? Hey, Farzine, it's good to see you again. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everybody yes. listening. Great to be here. I'm doing yes. well. It is great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. I think we've got some interesting topics, some some sports to talk about and some non-sports to talk about. A lot of interesting things going on in the world that I kind of want to touch on on this episode. Uh, real quickly, uh, just kind of a rundown through some of the topics. Uh, Nate Hobbs, rookie quarterback for the, uh, oh, uh, I was about to say Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, arrested on a DUI charge. Uh, that's the second uh, Vegas player. And a lot of people have been talking about that, especially the Henry Ruggs incident. What do we make of that? I have some thoughts on that. The Antonio Brown situation, the NFL playoff picture coming into its final form very soon. So very excited to see all of that uh, come into play. Uh, I also wanted to talk about this pandemic um, because it is impacting sports in a big way. It's actually as of Wednesday afternoon. Big impact being made on the Super Bowl. We'll get into that and kind of what the end game is with this. I have some questions that no one else is asking about this pandemic that I think we really need to get into. So we'll touch on that. Also, some entertainment stuff. Finally, Saw Spider-Man. Awesome movie, by the way. And we lost two legends, John Madden and Betty White. So we'll talk about all of that here on this episode of Farscast. Can you believe all of that happened in one week? Uh, yeah, yeah. One, I mean, listen, a lot happens in a week. A lot happens. That's Could you imagine crazy. if this was like a radio show? You know, we, we'd have so much to cover. Not enough time. That's why podcasts are so great because you're not limited on time. You can go as long as you want, but we're not going to go. We're not going to go too long. Um, by the way, uh, how was your um, your holiday, your Thanksgiving, your Christmas? All, I mean, I know we exchanged texts and all that uh, over those holidays, but how was it for you and your family? You know, I, I got to say, Marzine, like, I don't even text most of my family anymore, but I make sure, like, you text me and then I text you. So um, <laughs> I love you. Um, it was it was good. It was very non-dramatic. Everything was very simple. My oldest That's daughter, who nice. was very picky, she was like, wow, this is the best Christmas. She's like, nobody is fighting. Nobody was fighting. <laughs> um I do wonder sometimes why we even bother buying them anything but technology because that's all they're ever like is the technology, the toys, forget it. They're like over it after they unwrap it. Um, But it was really super nice and simple. Uh, We, you know, I'm in Anchorage, Alaska and the weather for the week of Christmas was in the twenties and sometimes the thirties. And I know that's really cold, but we were right now we're in the negatives and we've been in the negatives for a few days and we had been in the negatives so um, that was really doable. And I forced myself um, to be out as long as it was in the 20s. I was like, you have to go for a walk. And um, I was walking every day. I've been moving. This is my 11th day that I've been moving. And even though it's cold outside, I make sure that I'm, you know, moving um, inside because, I, you know, I told you earlier, I, I got the watch. One of my friends sent me an yeah. Apple watch for my birthday. So I realized I, the reason I'm so fat is because I never move. And um, anyway, so it was great. It's been a great holiday. Like I started working on myself before it was ever the new year's because I, I, I'm not limit. I don't have like all these big goals. I just want to move. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was really good. We did go to church. I hadn't been to church in like forever. And it was so crazy because all the people were masked and this was like, this is, you could tell this was like a li- really liberal church and they had like in between people, like 
you had to be three chairs away from the other people. And they had closed off pews, you oh, know, and um, it was it, that was a little freaky. And that was the first time I'd been to church in a year. We did go to Christmas Eve service because my husband really wanted to. But, you know, it was really nice. It was good. How, how was your holiday? It was good. Uh, yeah, yeah, low key, low key. Can't complain. I mean, listen, you know, just like you, I'm, I'm, I'm all about keeping it low key, simple. I will say Thanksgiving was kind of funny because um, we had our dinner ready. But that I don't know if you even remember the Cowboys Raiders game. That was a very intense game that went to overtime. And obviously, you know, as a Chiefs fan, you have a strong rooting interest in that. And that, that ended up being both teams. Uh, yeah, well, that too. Um, that ended up being one of the highest watched regular season games in NFL history, which was actually really yeah. cool to, to see. But yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. And then, you know, Christmas, Christmas movies, football, all the good stuff. So can't complain. I was in Vegas for um for New Year's, Ugh. and that was a lot of fun. Um, hate you, I'm so jealous. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh it was kind of a low-key Vegas trip. Listen, this is actually kind of something I want to talk about later with the pandemic. Um Masks were required. At first, I was looking around. I'm like, wow, everyone has a mask on. And I had one in my back pocket. I'm like, I guess I better put this on. Like, as soon as I got to the hotel. um, And then I saw signs everywhere. It says masks are required. It's state law right now. I'm like, wow. Because the weird part is I'm in Nevada one morning. And then later in the day, I'm back at Kansas. And when I was going out and about, it's like nobody has a mask in Kansas. So it was just weird. Um, but I, I, I wanted to get into that a little later because there are, I have a lot of questions, especially with sports and the Super Bowl. I was going to ask you this because I think we did a podcast last year around this time, but I don't think I ever asked this. What is it like, like having a holidays and being a parent of five kids? Like, <laughs> I mean, you're laughing already. Like, I mean, I, the question itself is already just a silly one. I, I, I know. It's not silly. It, it feels impossible sometimes to please everybody and to make it yeah. a crazier month. Three of our kids have birthdays in December and two of them have it on the same day. And I mean, obviously my husband and I have some routines, you know, um, <laughs> but <laughs> thanks for that information. <laughs> our oldest and our youngest share the same birthday, which is so crazy. And then um, our number three, she's right in the middle. She's on the six. So it, it is a really, really crazy month. And we try, like, it's hard for us to do shopping for Christmas until all the birthdays because we don't want to be the parents that jip our kids out of their birthdays. We don't want them to grow up and say, yeah, I had a birthday near Christmas. So I got crap. Like we're trying to yeah. make sure they each get a birthday celebration and then Christmas, you know, um, and don't feel gypped or whatever. And sometimes I think, you know, material things, that is just so ridiculous that we think that material things really matter as much as they do. They yeah. don't. Um, I mean, I think it meant more to my kids this Christmas and now they're all four. My oldest is 13. My youngest is four. Um, I just, just being around each other, we played a lot of board games and we didn't fight and we're just learning how to, and, you know, we're closed in, Living in Alaska, even before the pandemic, is kind of isolating if you're not going everywhere. Like, we want to go more places, but again, um, you know, we're not native here, so there's a lot of learning that we have to do to be to be healthy outside and not die um, during this time. So. Seriously, I don't know how you live in a... Like, I would be like, please, just aliens take me from this world right now. I hate the I don't cold. Either. I hate it. I left, I, you know, I grew up in St. Joseph, Missouri, and I left 21 years ago, exactly on the 3rd of January. And I moved to Texas because I wanted to get away from the cold. I hated the winters in Missouri. Too much snow. 
And I think I'm on record several times saying, I don't know why people move to Alaska. They're freaking crazy. And here I am in Alaska. Um, and it's just how life turned out. But the people who thrive here, it is a beautiful, beautiful place. I've never seen anything like it. I know I'll never see anywhere like it um, once we leave. But the people who thrive here enjoy the outdoors. Right now we have like four hours of daylight and it's not very daylight if you know what i mean like it's like a dusk yeah it doesn't get very bright so right now um it's kind of depressing and i have my i have my ring light on as i work because my office is never very um even when i open the windows it's just it just stays dark and um yeah so it's 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 tricky you know finding making it work being outside for the last week and making myself walk and just putting on the layers uh i just that really helped me. I didn't realize how much just being outside moving uh, really, I need my mind needed that. I really needed it. And forcing myself to do that was the best thing that I, that I could do. I'm surprised I made myself do it and that I, that I did it. You know, what's interesting. Um, and, and we'll get into the first topic. I mentioned Nate Hobbs. I really want to get into that because I have a lot of uh, opinions on that, but this whole pandemic with gyms closing and I, and I, listen, I know this, has gotten political. I don't know how or why. I think it's weird. It's gotten so political. Um, there was a doctor who was on Fox News. And keep in, keep in mind, we're talking about a TV doctor, okay? Um, and he said that one of his clients is gaining weight and she's blaming it on, on um, uh, shutdowns, not being able to go to the gym. It's like, listen, my dad last year at the beginning of the year lost 20 pounds in the first two months. My dad does not lift a single weight. He does not jog exercise. None of that. Maybe a walk in the park once or twice a week, but it's like, man, I mean, people are just looking for any excuse and I'm not, <laughs> excuse me. I'm not trying to shame anybody. Cause, Cause I tweeted this and someone's like, Oh, you're shaming the person. No, I'm not. It's like, you're shaming you, the fat people. <laughs> you can lose weight. Like people don't understand this. Like losing weight a lot. I mean, listen, there's that, I don't like this. I think it's such a stupid saying, but abs are made in the kitchen. It's like a majority of your weight. Yeah, it's such a stupid thing to say. No, seriously, though, it is based on more about eating than exercising. Like you could not exercise yes. for three weeks, but if you really eat healthy and clean during those three weeks, you will lose weight. And I think people don't realize that. Like, hey, don't get me wrong. Yeah, exactly. Lots of water. Don't get me wrong. A gym absolutely helps. But during a time like this, I've seen a lot of people gain weight during this, but I've also seen a lot of people, you know, with all the quarantine and shutdowns working from home, I've seen a lot of people also take advantage of this mm -hmm. and actually get in better shape. And I'm like, good for those people. Cause it's so yeah. easy. It's so easy to just say, okay, people, I hate them. Uh, <laughs> it's easy to just say, you know what? I'm just going to get snacks and watch Netflix all day. It's like, you know, look, do what you want with your time, but you're, you know, I, and I'm not usually enamored by like Instagram quotes, but I saw something really interesting during the pandemic. It was like, look, and I don't remember the exact quote, but it was basically saying like, listen, um, even though the, the times might be shitty right now, you got to find ways to make the most of it and try to turn mm -hmm. it into something positive. You know what I mean? I was like, you know what? That's actually a really good, like, I, that's also a good metaphor for life too. Like, you know, things are not always going to be great. You're going to have some bad moments, but find a way to turn it into a positive in some shape or form. Yeah. If you can, I mean, 
you know, you can't change everything into a positive. I know people who've yeah, lost yeah. their kids recently, you know, are battling cancer. One of my good friends has breast cancer right now. I mean, you can't turn everything into a positive, but the, you do have a choice on the things that you can control. And, you know, honestly, like I've always struggled with my weight as an adult. When I stopped playing softball, when I was, a t- you know, like an old, like a 18 or 16, maybe um, when I started working and I stopped playing sports is I've really packed it on, but I thought I was fat when I was younger, but I had no preparation for who I am now. Um, but anyway, it's like, you know, all of us struggle differently with our body types. My husband, like you said, he can just stop eating, you know, bacon for a couple of days and he loses weight. He's always been pretty slim and his metabolism is amazing. And he's older than me. Um, my metabolism, I'm sure by all the yo-yo diets I've done and all that crap, I'm sure it's like, what the hell melody? Like, what are you going to do next? And I've struggled with my weight. And, uh, I really do think though, that it's the lack of movement for me. I don't eat great, but I don't eat as bad, um, as I mean, I guess I could compare myself to somebody, but why would I do that? I mean, I could eat a lot worse. It's the non-movement for me that, um, and I, I, I truly believe, you know, um, that plus, you know, if I ate better, I have nobody to blame, but myself and, um, you know, I want to get healthier. It's, you know, but some people it's, it's easier for some people to lose weight than others. Men can usually do it a lot quicker. I yeah. got five kids. Oh no, I, I hear you. Um, no, look, I, I've said this to a lot of people and a lot of people have like asked me, you know, what's the secret? I mean, there's no secret. It's just, some serious dedication and a lot of consistency. And I mean, like consistent, because I'd be one yes. of those people like I in college and high school, I'd go on like the treadmill or the elliptical for an hour, which, by the way, I do not recommend. And then I'd okay. be like, man, I'm not lo- losing weight. Well, I'm kind of lying to myself, too, because I would reward myself by eating a lot, which is not the <laughs> way that like that breaks the consistency. So, you know, I've always told people, hey, consistency serious dedication and you got to have some patience too because it doesn't happen overnight a lot of people want it, it to happen overnight you gotta it's a it's a marathon not a sprint it's true and i want to say one more thing like yeah, sure. even though i am the heaviest that i've ever been i love myself i mean i definitely think well, that i'm a fat person like i i think i'm you know i would call myself fat i would not be i would be offended if you told me i was fat but like i identify let's say i identify as a fat person but here's the thing Fat people have so much to offer. So it's like we we are always category, categorizing people and labeling them. And as long as you are really happy with yourself, like I have never liked myself. It took me years. I've always, and it probably, you know, a lot of stuff happened when I was a kid and all that junk, but I did not have a good self-esteem. I've never had a great self-esteem. I, I can relate to years, that. Yeah. I've been talking to myself and I've been, you know, I've been looking in the mirror every day and I, and I find good things about myself. And sure, my weight is crappy, but there are so many other things that I've done with my life that are amazing. And, um, and I think I'm a beautiful person, even if I am, you know, like a fat person. And so if you're listening to this and you're a fat person, that's just one thing about you. You know, it's just, it's one freaking thing about you. There's so much more in life that you can think about and feel amazing about. And I do believe that by the time that I am 50, I'm going to be a fucking knockout. So, um, <laughs> it's all going to come together. <sighs> no, I, I mean, y- you can do it. Like I, I know a lot of people talk about age and, and, you know, you know, gender as well. And in your case, you've had five kids and I've always said, look, <laughs> uh, and obviously, you know, being a man myself, like, I don't, I don't know exactly physically what that's like, but I've always said, look, you can do it. Just the dedicate, got to have the dedication mm-hmm. and the consistency. So it's true. Uh, listen, if I can do it, 
anyone can do it. I've always, I've all, I, I, it took me some time and uh, I was able to do it. Um, so I've always encouraged people. And now hey, look how hot you are, man. Oh hot. yeah, sure. Exactly. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, I appreciate that though. Um, but we'll move on uh, from that. I did want to touch on uh, the Nate Hop situation. And by the way, there's some, uh, there's an yeah. update that just came out on the Antonio Brown story. <laughs> Um, like apparently he had an injured ankle. He was being forced to play through. I've already got some thoughts on that, but let me talk about this Nate Hobbs deal. Uh, Nate Hobbs, a rookie cornerback for the Raiders was arrested, uh, early Monday morning, uh, close to, uh, it it was around 4am in Vegas at, um, Caesar's palace. I was actually in that area as I was leaving Vegas. So kind of, uh, interesting, the timing of that, but, um, this is the second DUI charge with a Raiders player this year. Just recently, Henry Ruggs uh, had one of the worst off-the-field incidents uh, we've ever seen from an NFL player. Uh, he drove 156 miles per hour, killed a woman in her early 20s. Derek Carr, she the quarterback. To death. No, yeah, that was just horrible. Uh, Derek Carr, the quarterback of the Raiders, he just said on Sunday when the Raiders won with like three seconds left, uh, they had the game-winning field goal to win the game against a really good Colts team. Derek Carr made a comment saying, man, with everything we've gone through this year, it was nice to catch a break. And it's like, man, 24 hours later, this happens, um, which is just I – mean, listen, I hate the Raiders, but it's like I never wish this on anyone. I mean, come on. Uh, we're talking about like humans here. But but here's my problem, because when uh, when Ruggs did this – I said something needs to be done. Like this needs to be made an example because these athletes are told in high school, do not drink and drive. Um, They tell every athlete, at least in in the high school I went to, I I would imagine they tell this to every high school athlete out there that, hey, you drink and drive, you're going to be suspended or you're going to be kicked off the team. Like these, they, I mean, they have to be saying this. It's not like this doesn't get, um, this, it's not like this does not get talked about. And I know uh, the NFL has the rookie symposium. Part of it is they talk about these things being on time and not getting into trouble off the field. But I don't know if they're doing a rookie symposium, whether it's through Zoom or online or what, because of the pandemic. Um, even if they're not doing rookie symposiums, listen, it's not like these players have never been told before, hey, don't drink and drive, uh, especially if you have money. Um, here's the worst part about this. And I don't agree with the NFL doing this, but I can also understand where they're coming from. And I'll get to that part in a moment. The NFL, I guess they have some sort of a partnership with Uber. They are willing to cover any Uber rides for NFL players, even though they can afford it, which, you know, I'm sure everyone hearing is saying they can afford it. Yes, I know. But I think the NFL has to do something because DUIs have been a, unfortunately a consistent deal with players. And I think this is the NFL's way of saying, look, we can't physically babysit every player 24 seven. This is our way of saying, look, we're at least trying like the NFL is at least trying to do something. Um, But unfortunately your own teammate who just killed someone as you said, Melody, I mean, she burned to death. Did you not learn from that? And by the way, you're in Vegas, too. And I want to say one quick thing. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, Vegas is so far is a bad place for a team. No, it's not. You have an NHL team and a WNBA team that they've been there for a couple of years. 
they have not had any incidents. I mean, I'm listen, I'm sure they've had players get in trouble off the field, and I don't follow those sports closely that much uh, to that extent. Nobody does. Okay, that too. <laughs> Thanks, Melody. But, um, uh, I mean, if this was a common thing with the Vegas Golden Knights, I'm sure it would be brought up by now. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, you don't hear them and their players getting DUIs or getting into trouble consistently just because they're in Vegas. DUIs, unfortunately, have been a consistent right. deal way before the Raiders were even considered going to Vegas. Um, you know, we, we know about the Brick Reed situation being Chiefs fans because of what he mm-hmm. did a, a year ago. Uh, that was a pretty big story because it was just a couple of days before the Super Bowl. And right. when Henry Ruggs did what he did, I said, did he not learn from that? And now your own teammate just did something. It's like, I don't know, Melody. I mean, listen, you're older than me. You're a parent. You're a teacher. Like, I don't even know at this point, like, how do you get the point across? Like, you had Britt Reed right. almost kill a child. Henry Ruggs killed a woman. How are we not? sending a point by now well yeah i mean the thing the thing of it is is that these people they're really good at something they're amazing in this sport especially a sport that america loves so much they get paid ungodly amounts of money to do this they're young they have very little development you know and and other areas i mean you can't you can't expect people to be whole people just because they're fucking amazing at football you know they're not whole People that drink um, and drive, and let me, I'm going to tell you, when I was younger, unfortunately, I drank and drive quite a few times when I was younger, and um, I remember, I always thought, oh, I'm doing better because I was so, uh, what is it, when you think everybody's out to get you, what is that word? Paranoid. I was so paranoid. I was so paranoid, um, and I was like, I'm driving better because, um, you know, I'm driving slow. I probably was driving like a snail, but I remember after one time, one of my friends was in the service. Um, he was going away into the um, air force. And so we all had a party and the next day I was driving and on the, and on the radio, it talked about how there was a drunk driving accident and a person lost their life. And I just realized like, that could have been me. I could have killed somebody, you know? And, um, so I don't, I don't do that. And of course, as an adult with kids, you know, I don't do that, but I'm not going to, I'm going to act like I'm perfect and have never done anything. I have done some wrong things in my life. The thing is, is that I wanted to learn from those things. And, um, I recognize that I'm not any better than the other person who actually did end up killing somebody. Like I did the same thing and, um, but I don't want to be that person. Um, right. I, I don't know. Like you just, but here's the thing also, like, I don't, I don't drink all the time. Like I'm not an alcoholic and I have people in my family who are. And I think that for those people that like haven't gotten help for that or who haven't like really come to terms with that, I think they're on a different plane when it comes to drinking and driving. I mean, gosh, I love my dad, but I don't think I ever was in a car with him when he was sober. He was never sober, you know? Um, And back in the eighties, when I was growing up, I was with my friend's parents. They were never sober drinking or driving either. I mean, it was kind of a thing like, people drink and they smoked when they drive. Um, but you know, it it has deadly consequences and gosh, you know, sometimes you get this thing, like you feel like you're, you have, um, your, your mortality is like, you don't even think that you could, nothing could touch you. What is the word? You're immortal. 
you nothing will touch you. You feel like you've got all of this money and you feel like you can buy your way out of all of the all of the time that you but you can't. You kill somebody. Well, that's what happens gone. with these athletes, especially in the NFL, because it is the biggest sport in America. Like they think they've hit this point. And, and listen, some of them come from very, very rough backgrounds. Um, in fact, I'll say this. A lot of these athletes, because of their upbringing, you know, they didn't grow up uh, the most privileged. So they're, you know, coming from mm-hmm. poor families. Once, like after their rookie season, when they make some money, a lot of them actually get braces. And you notice that when you interview them. Um, and I kind of, I, I still remember the first time I was interviewing players. I was like, wow, a lot of the younger ones, you notice they have braces on their teeth. And, and, and you know, you just realize, okay, maybe they couldn't afford that as a kid. Their parents could not afford that. So once they make that money as a, as a player, they go and they, that's one of the things they take care of is their, is their teeth. Um, but there are some players who, once they get that big paycheck, man, it, it's, it's hard to keep control, I, I guess, for lack yeah. of a better term. So I think what happens is you, you were mentioning immortal. My word would have been unstoppable. They think they can or do invincible. whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. They can, they think they can do whatever they want and not suffer the consequences. But, but here's the thing, like, okay, that's one thought, but we've seen this on a, again, Andy Reed's son last year. Right. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Henry Ruggs just a month mm-hmm. or two ago. Like those are two really big stories that got out there. And I just, when now when i see it happen again i'm like why like do do they are they are they under a rock do they not hear these stories out i mean that was his own teammate who got kicked off right right i mean and you think that they would actually do something real like the uber thing is a nice gesture but what are they really doing when you're throwing so much money at young people you've got age where you you feel like you're invincible as a young person and then you've got so much money and um who knows you know the the people in their life like if, if the party scene is big you know if that's something that like they want to attain to i don't know but and i don't want to judge anybody i do it's very sad it would be amazing if the nfl would actually do something to truly combat that and, and not just DUIs, but oh my gosh, if I was just reading up on Antonio Brown and all the sexual misconduct and all that crap. And, and that happens and the abuse that is happening that is so rampant in the NFL as well, you know, like, can they not do something or make a stand against it somehow? I don't know. Well, let me, do you remember what happened with Kareem hunt that got him kicked off the team with the video? Yes. So he was involved in three physical altercations. One of them we saw video of, that was the second incident he was allegedly involved. We don't, I mean, listen, a lot of things happen that don't always get talked about. And sometimes even the coaches don't even know about the coaches, the owners, they don't know about like Kareem hunt after his rookie season was involved in three physical fights. It's like, you know, and listen, I want to, when you bring these up, people get offended. Oh, you're picking on the guy. Well, listen, he's gotten a lot better since then. We haven't heard, I mean, he, he got he was involved in some incident where there was arguing, but he didn't actually do anything physical. And then he got pulled over for pot, which I mean, it's pot. It's not the worst thing in the world. So he's gotten a lot better about, you know, the off the thing field in the world and <laughs> depends who you talk to. Um, it, it's uh, he's gotten better about it, which is good. OK, like we have to cheer for improvement. We need that to happen. Um, but. At the same time, it's like one 
mistake, like what uh, Henry Ruggs did. Very young and talented receiver, by the way. Mm -hmm. Guess what? That talent can no longer be put to use anymore. Like, I mean, no one's going. I mean, not only never, never, never say young woman who will never live again. Like, oh, no, for sure. I I mean, what I was it's just a tragedy. What I was going to say is I don't know if anyone's going to give Ruggs a chance. Okay, never say never. But I, I, I think nowadays with. PR and social media, I, I just, it'd be so hard to even think a team would even want to take the risk right now. I thought he had like a major sentence. Like, um, honestly, he I know four he, felonies he, against him. The last I read, I know he obviously got kicked off the team. He's dealing with that. Um, and I know these things legally in the, in the court and all that stuff, justice system, it takes a while. Um, so I don't, I haven't not read up on that. You probably know a little bit more about that than I do, but uh, I, I mean, my point is, look, you know, these players, you know, they're the shit in their high school. And for the most part in college, you know, they're also the shit. And when they go back to their hometown, they're celebrities like, hey, this is a guy who's doing great at Kansas State or is doing great at Tennessee or mm-hmm. Alabama. You know, I mean, there's especially if they come from a small town, like they are rock stars in their small town because mm-hmm. they're succeeding in college or even in the NFL. So it's like. I think sometimes, and this is why I give Patrick Mahomes so much credit because the day before his 23rd birthday, he threw six touchdown passes. It took Mm. Brett Favre 18 years to throw six touchdown passes in one game. Mm. The day after his 23rd birthday, I don't know if you remember this. So on Tuesdays, generally, uh, players don't practice um, unless they have a Thursday game. They give Tuesdays off. And generally, that's the day players go out and do community service. Patrick Mahomes and the other quarterbacks, they were at uh, the University of Kansas Hospital. And as he's leaving, because he just had that big game, the six-touchdown game, every single doctor, nurse, patient, whoever, they are filling up the hallways, waiting for him to leave so they can cheer for him. And there was just, I mean, hundreds of people cheering for him, clapping for him as he's walking down. And I thought to myself, man... What would it be like to be 23 years and a day old and just people clapping? That was only his third NFL game. Like that kind of public attention is not easy to handle. And I know people have criticized his family because they have not handled the public persona, I guess, very responsibly, but, but they're not, they're not athletes by any, by any means. Uh, and I don't want to get too off topic. I've already talked about Jackson and all those people, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. Like, I don't want to repeat myself, but you have to make a point. And for yeah. whatever reason, Henry Ruggs and Britt Reed did not make the point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So many, so many people are lost. I mean, regardless of how much money you make or not, or what you're good at. I mean, so many people make bad decisions that, you know, ruin the rest of their lives or ruin the rest of somebody else's life. I mean, that is reality. And it's just, these guys are in the spotlight and um, everybody sees it, you know, and um, it's just tragic. It's, it's super tragic. I, I have one solution. Actually, I just thought of this, honestly, regardless of how much a player makes, Find them six figures because some of these players, they make six figures, barely seven. If you find them six (laughs) figures, 
if they get a DUI charge, like if the NFL says, hey, we're going to fine you six figures, Mm -hmm. trust me, you're going to Mm -hmm. see a lot less of that. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. I love it. I mean, listen, you make a lot of money. I think you have the money to make smart choices. Yeah, fine. Speaking of smart choices or lack thereof, Antonio Brown. uh, I mean, (laughs) what do you, you know, I was at a sports bar. I was at a sports bar in Vegas watching the Chiefs game. And it's funny because have you ever been to a sports bar during like during a a normal NFL Sunday when there are like 10 games on at once? No. Okay. So it's crazy because. You know, you're watching one game here, and then to your left, you've got another game. And to your right, you got another game. And to the left and to the right of those TVs, there's another game. It's it's so weird. Um, you know how during N- uh, NFL games, they take like a 15-second break to show you like a highlight from another game? Mm-hmm. So every single TV I saw, they all took like a 15-second break to show a highlight, but rather than a highlight of an actual play, they showed Antonio Brown taking off his pads, his shirt, his gloves and throwing them into the crowd. By the way, a report came out. So I think everyone knows the story. He was basically told to leave by the coach and he's no longer part of the team. He's, he's, he's on the roster, right? They have not released him yet. And I think it because they're trying to figure out how to legally. They don't want to. Yeah. Well, they don't want another team to pick him up either. I I, look, look, I don't know anyone like you would have to be a desperate team <laughs> to pick up Antonio Brown. And oh my all- God, they had to have been desperate. It's not like he just did something. Oh my God. Well, he's he was years he, of bullshit. He, listen, he was a good boy for uh for a bit. Like, hey, listen, I, I, let me, I'll get to that in a moment. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, but um, I, I think they're trying to figure out like how to get out of this contract and not pay him the guaranteed money. He's not showing up for practice. So I think there's maybe some kind of a breach of contract there. Anyway, um, the, my point was every single game was showing the, um, the him taking off the shirt, which was just funny. And everyone at the sports bar was getting a <laughs> kick out of that. But, you know, you just mentioned, Melody, all the incidents he's been a part of. 2018, tossed furniture from his apartment on the 14th floor, almost hit a kid. 2018, speeding 100 miles an hour. 2019, accused of sexual assault by a former trainer. 2020, kicked out of a youth league after multiple domestic incidents in his Hollywood, Florida home, uh, charged with battery. He even filmed himself cursing at police officers, which I don't know how why you would even film yourself doing that. And that's only going to make your case worse. (laughs) After his uh, tenure with the Steelers, uh, his former teammate, Juju Smith-Schuster, fumbled at a very costly time, and that cost the Steelers a game. And he went on Twitter and took a shot at Juju Smith-Schuster. It's like, why? Um, the Raiders incident, he got into a heated moment with Mike Mayock, the general manager, actually called him a cracker. Um, and then uh, when he got released, again, he's he, someone's filming him. He got the news that he was released on Twitter and he's telling his grandma, I'm free, I'm free, which is just insane. <laughs> um, look, this guy's had not only a lot of opportunities, look at the people who backed him up. The Patriots, right. the Patriots oh took gosh. a chance on him. Bill Belichick right. was at one point backing you. Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, Tom Brady let him stay at his house. Tom Brady has to be one of the most jealous. And I know we hate on the guy because he wins a lot and he deflated a football at one point, but you have to be one of the most generous people on planet earth to let this guy with everything he's done, stay in your home right. with your wife and three kids. Right. Um, that ain't going to be happening here. Uh, by the way, his agent drew Rosenhaus drew fucking Rosenhaus. Okay. 
he quit on Antonio Brown. He wow. stood behind. He stood. I mean, it's been a while, but he stood behind Antonio Brown for a long time. And even he said, look, I'm done. This is not worth it for me. Uh, listen, like I said, with the um, Nate Hobbs situation, you know, we need to we need to seek improvement. But here's a problem. When you've had all those people in your corner and still you have not made improvements, you got to not just say you need it. You need to want it and take it very seriously. Like that's that, that's where you got to start with Antonio Brown. You can't you can't force somebody to have character. You know, you either have character or you don't. I mean, for look at this. People in our country and you know, probably globally celebrate celebrate these people because they're good at freaking a sport, you know? Like yeah. what is that really even come on. That's one thing. I mean, it doesn't mean that you have character and, and these people are going to be used up for everything that they are until they're no good anymore, or they make such a big mistake that nobody wants, you know, the press around them. I mean, the NFL is just as guilty. I mean, they're just picking people based on a skill set that they have. Um, they're not, I, I mean, I don't know. Isn't it then I think is the NFL guilty of this? Because I mean, it's not like you can control people. But the thing is, is if you want character, then go for the character and really make that a part of your mission as, um, you know, as, as, as a corporation or whatever the hell the NFL is. I don't know. Um, you know, make that a part of what you want. Uh, what we do is we use these people. Um, and, and as long as they're on our team and they're doing great, we look the other way while they're doing all this horrible stuff or we or we try to like I've seen even people on the Chiefs. They've done some crappy things and there's always people trying to defend them you know, um, and, and trying to, you know, somehow make everything okay. When really, it's you know not. what I don't like, and I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm glad you said that because so many people to say, Oh, he's young. Okay. But so are a lot of other people in the NFL and they're in not the doing this. Yeah. And in the world, right. well, I mean, I don't want to compare it to other people in the world. Cause a lot of people in the world are not getting, I mean, people in their early twenties, I don't know anyone that's not in entertainment that makes six or seven figures after right after college. You know, you would have to be an actor or an athlete to be able to make that kind of money. So, but again, there are still a lot of those people out there. But, you know, the two, three, four, five athletes in their early 20s who get in trouble, the age becomes like the people use that as a defense. It's like, no, there are a lot of other people that age too and are not doing this. And not only that, like it, when it becomes a pattern, at some point like age is not really a factor right like give these people some help you know what i mean like the nfl they want to give they want to give uber rides like give therapy where the f is ted lasso when you need him (laughs) (laughs) uh look i don't know i mean (laughs) listen i I don't have much more to say about this other than he's got a want to seek it and and, and, by the way um he the 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 news you might want it you might want it more if they say, hey, you get therapy or we take this much out of your check, like you were saying. I mean, they can make somebody want something a little bit more or make but, it more desirable. But here's my problem. He, uh, I guess while we've been recording this podcast, Antonio Brown claims that Bruce Arians kicked him off the box and was trying to force him to play through an injured ankle. Okay, I have a problem with this. Because you saw him take a shirt off and dance. Okay. The guy is dancing and hopping <laughs> up and down as he's leaving. I do not buy for once. I'm not a doctor. 
I'm not a doctor. By the way, all these Twitter doctors who are like, oh, he has CTE. <laughs> he might just be immature. Like, yeah, I, I don't even know how you can like make that judgment. Uh, but anyway, um, listen, I saw Antonio Brown hopping and dancing while he's leaving the field. I don't really know how much I buy that he has an injured ankle. And if you do, you really have a, an interesting way of taking care of that ankle. And you still don't have to be a jackass. Yeah. <laughs> that goes without saying for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I really want an explanation on that ankle though. Like how are you able to hop and dance? Do you remember Larry Johnson when he played for the chiefs? Uh, he, I mean, he was good for like two, <laughs> like he had two monster seasons, but then he got into some trouble. Uh, he was actually injured. Uh, I don't remember his injury. It was a leg injury or an ankle injury or a knee injury. One of those things. But then word got out that he was having a massive birthday party and he was dancing up and down. And we all thought, okay, is he really injured? Cause I mean, listen, I, I, I've had a bad knee. I, I mean, I have bad knees. Uh, I, I tore knees. my, I tore my ACL and meniscus several years oh ago, gosh. man. I'm telling you the last thing I was even able to do was move. Like forget about going to parties uh-huh. and dancing. Just moving was a pain. <laughs> yes. Um, mm. so I, I don't understand the, and listen, I know athletes are built better and bigger than us, but I don't know, you know, just because you're this macho athlete, I don't know if an injured ankle is really going to prevent you from, you know, having a, the perfect ability to hop off the field and dance. I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't buy that. excuse. Do you buy that excuse? I don't buy it. And it, you know, if you're injured, you're injured. Don't be a jackass. You don't have to be a jackass. No. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, I posted the whole hopping up and off the field thing. People are like, that's exactly what I said. Like a lot of people are agreeing with me on, on the Facebook page. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. By the way, uh, real quickly, I forgot to say this at the beginning of the podcast. So uh, some people have addressed, they, they've commented and let me know. So I have changed some things on my Facebook page. People were messaging me really weird stuff. I was getting either spam or I was getting um, uh, people who were like asking me football questions that I already was talking about publicly. Like, I'm not going to engage in a personal converse, a private conversation with you on something about already talked about. Um, I disabled the ability to message me because I'm getting messages that honestly, like people don't even need to be messaging me. One guy was messaging me like really odd shit, Melody. Um, I'm going to see if I can pull it up real quickly. I'm not going to say the person's. I turned my Facebook messaging off as well on my page. Good for you. Okay. So it's not letting me see my own messages unless I turn messages on. So I'm not going to do that. Um, But somebody was messaging me. They're like, oh, Travis, their words, not mine. Uh, Travis Kelsey, he's such a pussy. I just messaged him and they showed a screenshot of like what they messaged Travis Kelsey. Like Travis Kelsey's really going to read your message. And they're like, oh, I hope I see him at a, at a signing one day. I'm like, okay, dude, if you really want to pick a fight with Travis Kelsey, have someone film it so we can all like laugh at you when he knocks your ass out when you try to do something because that'll at least be worth uh, seeing on YouTube or Ugh. whatever show they isn't have on MTV. Isn't it so crazy that TikTok. people actually think that these people care, you know, like, sure. I'm sure that these football players and these celebrities, I'm sure it gets to them the bad press sometimes. And there's probably a comment or two that might get them sometimes like everybody's human. No one's perfect, but 
Like to think that you messaged Travis Kelsey that he would even read it or care. First of all, it takes a lot of arrogance. <laughs> oh, well, and a lot of effort too. A lot of ass hattery. Well, listen, even if the message is read, it's not Travis Kelsey. It's going to be like his agent or somebody. Exactly. And they're not going to care. And it's like, who cares about what you think? They're just going to laugh and move on in two seconds. Or just delete it. That's I'm sure I, I just don't understand that people really think that their demented comments like anybody else cares about. It's just so weird to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess in the Facebook process, warriors. Oh yeah. Keyboard warriors. I guess in the process yeah, I, of like disabling my messaging, I also disabled the ability to comment on my page with photos. So I guess people can't post pictures what? now. I, I don't know how that happened. That's I, not, that, I, I can still post photos on mine and I haven't had messaging in two years. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I, I'm sure I, hit something i did not mean to hit so i've I've tried to look into it i can't find it if anyone knows send me screenshots or whatever i would love to let you guys post hopefully not some weird pictures on uh, on my own page uh anyway uh we'll move on from that Uh, i do want to talk about the nfl playoff picture because that is coming very close to its final form um oh my gosh i can't believe the playoffs are almost here it doesn't i know did the season real. just start last week yes it really <laughs> does feel like that i was just like oh my god and it's gonna be yeah the super bowl i, I do i i really think the chiefs are gonna go again i do i, I think it's gonna be a struggle i yeah. think it's gonna be fucking hard but they're gonna go they're gonna go i'm gonna be cheering them on for a third year and uh hopefully you know they won't have the mess they had to deal with last year Hopefully not, because they are a uh, little struggling, a little, little trouble at the offensive line. Yes, uh, just a bit. I mean, let's say it's just one game. I know a lot of people are up it about Steve Spagnolo. I mean, look, Spags has come a long way as a defensive coordinator. He's gotten a lot better this year. Uh, I know at the beginning of the year, people wanted him fired, and I was kind of like on the edge. But he's gotten a lot better as the season has gone on. Um, in fact, at the beginning of the eight-game winning streak, he was the reason the Chiefs were winning because – the offense was not, you know, playing, the, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to their potential. So, listen, one bad coach game from Spags. I'm not up in arms about it. By the way, I'm not blaming that last game on the referees. I know a lot of people are. You scored 28 mm-hmm. points in the first half. Right. Your offense, when they had opportunities, they stalled and they only scored three right. points. So, right. um, look, I'm not. Uh, I'm with uh, you. Yeah, I'm not a big. Uh, listen, I remember the Patriots lost to the Chiefs. And their fans were blaming the refs and we all laughed at them. And then a couple mm-hmm. months later, the chiefs beat the 49ers in the super bowl when they came back Yeah, and 49ers fans blamed the refs. And we all laughed at that. This is, I, I right. listen, chiefs fans think like the NFL is out to get them. It's like <laughs> people think the, the last game was, I think, listen, it's a Midwest thing. That is a Midwest thing. Cause you know, I was born and raised in the Midwest. Okay. And I feel like my family has that mentality. I feel like, that is such a Midwestern thinking. But here's the thing, like um, the Chiefs lost to the Bengals. And now listen, there was so <laughs> there was there were bad calls in that game. I'm not saying they weren't. <laughs> but do you really think the NFL is like, oh, we need to rig this game for the Cincinnati Bengals? <laughs> it's like, and by the way. Here's what's funny. Like over the years when Tom Brady was in New England, everyone oh, thought I hate that when you say his name. Everyone thought that the Patriots were like favored by the NFL. 
But mm-hmm. the, the Patriots fans were complaining all the time. They're like, oh, the NFL hates us. And now it's the same thing. Like every single fan base thinks every single fan base thinks that the um, the NFL loves the Chiefs, but Chiefs fans are <laughs> like, no, the NFL is out to get us. I'm like, how in the hell do fans think this way? Like, how is this possible? Yeah. Well, I do think that Kansas City, when you think about Kansas City sports, we just don't get the press that other sports do. Like we're like the Yankees. Now, I think in the 80s, because, you know, I was I was around when George Brett was big and the 1985 World Series, you know, back then, the, the Kansas City uh, teams, they, they were doing amazing things and, and they were untouchable. But as the years have gone by, it's like, you know, all these other names are what gets the most attention. Um, and, and I feel like we never feel like we get that kind of press like the other, um, you know, teams do. Does that make sense? Oh, no, for sure. For sure. Listen, I will say this, like a lot of people have said what you said, and I disagree mm-hmm. because anywhere, anytime I li- listen, the, the TV sports commentary is garbage. I hardly pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I listen to? I listen right. to the um, radio. The radio, yeah, that is yeah. way better. I don't know if you have Sirius XM or if you listen to like national stuff, but like, um, I listen to the NFL channel on Sirius XM. Their analysis is way better. And I had uh, Freddie Coleman from ESPN Radio on my podcast last year around the spring. We talked about this and. How on TV, yeah, there's some biases, but there's also limited time to expand on your commentary. And I think mm-hmm. people on TV, they they have an opinion, but they say it more so to incite a reaction. Right. Whereas people on, the ra- uh, people on the radio don't do that as much. So it's like, right. this is why I, listen, if you're a Chiefs fan, because listen, I was on vacation. And even if I wasn't, I still would not have, I would have been oblivious to this because I don't watch the TV pundits. If you're a Chiefs fan and you are putting all your focus and energy on all the negative predictions about how the Chiefs were going to lose to the Bengals, you're just doing it wrong. Like, this is the best era of Chiefs football ever. And if you are focusing on what Stephen A. Smith, or I don't even know who said what, but if you're focusing on all these people, you're doing it wrong. You're just doing it wrong. I agree. You know, I think the fact that they lost makes it even sweeter when they win. I mean, I hate watching teams. I don't care if it's my team or anybody. <laughs> if they're always winning, it just takes out the, you know, the 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 nail biting. Like that's the best reality television that you're going to get. And I want to say something. My dad passed away almost exactly four years ago this week. And um, he always watched Kansas City sports, whether it was baseball or the Chiefs. He always watched it on the television with the radio going on in the back. He always muted the television and listened to the commentators. And that's what makes me feel like home, you know, listening to radio. A lot of people do that. But I I mean, listen, I know sometimes radio announcers are better, especially like for NFL games, because they're not home broadcasters like like you have for baseball games. Well, they're just doing the calls. They're like consumed. I I know. But but radio and TV, there's like a, a massive... I know I tried listening to the Chiefs radio network once they're like 20 seconds ahead sometimes mm. like like 20 seconds ahead of the um, ahead of the TV feed. So people don't realize this. Right. When there's a live sporting event, there is zero delay on the radio. So they are far, right. like light years ahead, whereas on TV, they do have a delay and mm-hmm. it's at least eight to ten seconds. 
So I don't know how people do that, but I, I could never, I, I, I turn off the radio. I'm like, okay, this guy got an interception and I'm like waiting forever for that to come on my TV screen. <laughs> it feels like forever. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, so the Chiefs, they're in the playoffs. They are likely going to end up with the number two seed. The team that's going to get the number one seed, the Titans. Man, I'll tell you what, um, mm. Derrick Henry, he is back practicing. I will say this. Prior to his injury, Henry was actually not doing good. And the Titans were still winning games without his help. Um, mm-hmm. And then after his injury, they were still winning. Now, they have slipped a bit mm-hmm. more recently, but they've climbed back up to the top. And listen, just because Henry is practicing, to me, doesn't mean much. I'll, it's one of those, like, I'll believe it when I see it, like him playing to his potential. Because um, you, you never know with these injuries, how uh, players react or, or respond mm-hmm. to them when they come back. So uh, I will say this, if he does, if there's anyone that can come back from a foot fracture in such a short time, I suppose someone as tough as Derrick Henry could do it because, man, I really would love him and can't like him and Patrick Mahomes together. That would be awesome. But that's uh, more of a dream mm-hmm. than a reality. Um, the Titans, listen, I think they could be with, with Derrick Henry coming back. If he does live up to the expectations, the Titans could seriously be the um the biggest threat to Kansas City. Another threat to Kansas City, I still think the Patriots. Mm. Belichick, to me, absolutely the coach of the yeah. year. I don't think it's it's Matt LaFleur. Um, Matt LaFleur has Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be the MVP. So if you have the MVP, I don't think you should be the coach of the year. Be- Belichick has a rookie quarterback, and they're I, they've slipped a little bit, but you know they 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 were written off by a lot of people after a very slow start. So they're here and they're a balanced football team. Uh, the Bengals they've got a dynamic offense, and we just saw what they did to the Chiefs' defense, which did not make any adjustments. That was uh, kind of unfortunate. But listen, um, they've had a lot of turnovers, but they've also done a lot of good things, such as gaining yards and scoring a lot of points. So to me. The Bengals, here's my biggest question with the Bengals going into the playoffs because they just won the AFC North. That inexperience, that young postseason inexperience, how much will that play a role in the playoffs? And there are a few other teams you could say that about, such as the Raiders. They have a possibility of getting in. Um, The Chargers, they've got a young coach (laughs) and a young uh, quarterback. What what, what were you laughing about? Just the Raiders and the Chargers, but... Oh, yeah. I just I would like to put some money on that game right there. (laughs) I really want. So there are a couple of weird ways the Raiders can get in. Um, But if the Jaguars win. There is a way for the Raiders to lose, get into the playoffs, but they have to lose in order to play us in the playoffs, assuming we don't get the number one seed. And I want that so badly. Because I want to destroy the Raiders for a third time. Could you imagine, like the uh, like even the most egotistical, homeristic Raiders fan has to like be crushed by that? Like three times in one season, you get destroyed by the Chiefs. I am rooting. I would rather that happen than the number one seed. And even if we don't get the Super Bowl, I can at least say, you know what? We fucking <laughs> killed the Super Raiders Bowl. three times. That's our Super Bowl, right? That, there. that can be like, like <laughs> listen, if we don't get the Super Bowl this year, that will be my substitution very happily as a Chiefs fan. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people listening are like, wow, low standard Chiefs fan. I mentioned that. <laughs> uh, oh, I've had years like that where I do that when they weren't in the Super Bowl, but it was, you know, a really good game. I'm like, they're, you know, I could care less about anything else. That was my Super Bowl. Uh, here's one team that's interesting to me. If they make it 
the Colts. Um, mm-hmm. Because Carson Wentz, when he got injured in Philadelphia, everyone thought the Eagles were not going to even win a playoff game. They won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles as a backup filling in. So this is Carson. And listen, the following year, Nick Foles, or excuse me, uh, uh, Carson Wentz got injured again. So Nick Foles had to fill in again. And he won another playoff game with the Eagles. So this is Carson Wentz's opportunity to really prove, like, put that, listen, I don't care who you are. When Alex Smith got benched for Colin Kaepernick and he had to watch the 49ers play the Super Bowl from the sidelines, that could not have been fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz watching his backup lead the team to a championship win. I don't care how much you smiled and high-fived and hugged your teammates. That could not have been a great feeling. This is an opportunity right now for Carson Wentz to put all that aside, that to me is a very intriguing storyline. If the Colts make it to the playoffs, which I think they do. Um, I don't think we're going to see any changes. Uh, listen, the Ravens, they're not getting in. Uh, they need like everything there to go in their favor. The Steelers, they're inconsistent. I think the only team that might have a chance to get in would be the Raiders. Uh, but I would still pick the uh, Chargers to win that game. Uh, I know there is a way for the Raiders to get in according to ESPN's playoff machine, but I don't think it's going to happen. So um, that's just, that's the AFC side, the NFC side. Hey, I'm happy for the Cardinals. They bounce back. It's been a tough second half uh, of the season for them. The Packers, I mentioned Rogers of the MVP. A lot of people think that um, g- great season for them though. I mean, they've got so many pro bowlers on, um, on that offensive side of the field uh, with the offensive line. Uh, and I believe on defense as well, the Rams, I'd love to see uh, Stafford uh, make the most of this postseason. Not an ideal situation, uh, not an ideal stint, I should say, in Detroit. So he has a chance to make up for all of that in uh, in L.A. with the Rams. The Bucks. OK, you got Brady. You got a really good offensive line, three Pro Bowl. By the way, I just realized I was getting the Packers and the, and the Bucks offensive line mixed up. It's the Bucks that have um, three Pro Bowl offensive linemen and a 44-year-old quarterback who is playing like he's in his 20s. Um, the Cowboys, isn't that, isn't that just embarrassing? A 44-year-old quarterback is just, like, playing better than everyone. Love it. I love it. I'm 41, so you go, man. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, is, is that- if he was on my team, that'd be maybe I'd be in favor of it. Um, the Cowboys, they might be the most balanced team because they've got a lot of good players on both sides of the ball, but their inconsistency scares me. I know that's been a thing with the Cowboys for a long time, but still, that thing is still there. The Eagles, nobody's talking about the Eagles. They have quietly won seven of their last nine games. Uh, the 49ers, I think, will make it. Uh, not New Orleans. Uh, I don't think we see a lot of changes with the uh, current seating, um, with teams on the bubble, that is. Uh, maybe with like two, three, four seeds, you might see a change, but I don't think like the teams that are on the bubble for a wild card spot. I don't think we see much of a change there. I think the best, the team that has the best shot could be the Raiders. Uh, but I don't think there's, um, there's a lot there, by the way, props to the Raiders. I'll give credit where credit's due. their second winning season in 18 years. Wow. Yeah. That's, I have some Raider, I have some Raider fan friends, so good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, especially with the tough year it's been with, with, with John Gruden and Henry. Ruggs. I mean, we talked about Henry Ruggs earlier. Yeah. So, uh, let's hey, not go there again. Yeah. Let's not. Uh, Melody, you got kids. What, what kind of movies do your kids like? What kind of movies are they into? 
Oh my gosh! Why did why am I forgetting all? They they we watch everything. We watch Disney movies. We watch. Oh my gosh! We love. It's not a movie, but we love Stranger Things. Um, they do my like the scary movies. I love it. I can't wait for the next season. Are like your dying. are your kids into like the superhero movies? Kind of. I mean, I know we we're probably going to talk about the Spider Man, but don't spoil it because I do want to watch it. and I haven't seen it yet. You said that you were like the last person. I am going to be the last person to watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I posted that, and people are like, "Nope, I haven't seen." It. I'm like, "Wow." Uh, by the way, um, so today's <laughs> yeah, Wednesday. Spoil it. Yeah, today's Wednesday when we're recording yeah. this. Tomorrow they're like, it's weird. Uh, there was. One... Oh my god! Today is Wednesday. Yeah, I know. Uh, there was a theater. What? There was a theater called Cinetopia. It ended up being bought out by AMC. So <laughs> I have where Cinetopia, like Sin. Like S I N. No, no, Utopia? like like the cinema. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but no, like so AMC bought Cinetopia, and now there are like three AMC theaters like very close to me, which is kind of weird how that works. Anyway, none of them are showing Spider-Man after Thursday, so I had to go yesterday to see what? it. What? Um, it just came out. I know these things go quickly, especially with the pandemic. And by the way. Um, props to Spider-Man because it's like I, it just hit number 10 all time in box office wow. history. Uh, wow. No spoilers. No spoilers. Perfectly done. Like seriously this was awesome. We love crossovers um, whether it's in movies uh, kind of like the Avengers, the Justice League. There's all- Marvel. Spider-Man is Marvel. Right? Yeah, Spider-Man's Marvel. Um, all-star seasons for like reality shows. We love crossovers there. We love when two major personalities and some uh entertainment industry or they're in the public eye they team up and collaborate we love those kinds of crossovers let me ask you this um what have you seen all the spider-man movies in the past i've seen a lot of them but i haven't seen all of them okay so when i was younger i used to stay up with it a little bit more okay so if you remember i don't i would you don't have to remember like the minor details but like some of the like the basic points of like the last few spider-man movies that have you seen the trailer yes okay so you you kind of know like who's in it yeah okay okay um so yeah it's like say it just i mean listen if you're on the internet it's obvious who's in it but I, i will still not say it it is like a very cool and to me like it was special like it's a it's a really special tribute to the history of Spider-Man this movie. Um the ending I again no spoilers I was not quite the biggest fan of um but it was a fantastic movie. If you have seen the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies cuz there were a lot of people commenting on my That's- Facebook that was Toby Maguire was like when I was your age or well, yes. I was younger. I was in my 20s. Toby Maguire was when I first started watching Spider-Man. See, a lot of people commented. They said, oh, I have not seen a uh, Spider-Man movie since Toby Maguire. Folks, if you were a part of the Toby Maguire Spider-Man era and you have not seen any of the other Spider-Mans, watch this. That's all I'm going to oh, say. That's good to know. That's what I thought in my head when you said that. I was like, he's probably going to be in it. But yeah, that's that's so cool. I can't wait to see it. And I. Maybe that's why it's going out of the theater so that it will be on our Netflix or our Apples or whatever, our TV. Yeah, I when I was in Vegas, I was like scrolling through their um, movies, hoping it was on there. It was not. I, I would have gladly yeah. watched it like in the morning. I was looking for it, too. I, yeah. I wanted like some of the movies are coming out like that's how we get to see our movies. Um, remind me to tell you something about Spider-Man after we stop recording. But okay. um, 
uh yeah awesome awesome movie like seriously and by the way marvel movies in general i mean they've had a couple misses but they're close to batting a thousand like hardly yeah. do you watch a marvel movie and think to yourself man that movie sucked um and by the way i i'm not very hard to please when it comes to movies like i enjoy movies for the most part um but there are some people who are like movie buffs and they're so critical of everything it's like those are right. those people are like impossible to please in life in general um, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I'm excited to see what Marvel has coming up next uh, with Fantastic Four, X-Men, Blade. Um, oh, I like Fantastic Four. Oh, my God. I love X-Men. We love X-Men. At this oh, time. yeah. Uh, and then uh, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain Marvel, Black Panther. A lot of people are... Oh, Thor also. A lot of people are nervous about Black Panther because Chadwick Boseman died, which right. I was... Listen, I, I did not cry when Kobe died. A lot of people did. I cried when Chadwick Boseman died. Yeah, I I was sad. Um, I was sad sad. about that. It still is sad. People don't. It would be hard for the next person to come up. Well, see, they're they're supposed apparently they're not going to replace the character. So a lot of people are nervous. Like, what kind of a movie is Black Panther going to be? Because you have to incorporate uh, Black Panther's death in some manner. I don't know what what that's going to be like, but. I suppose we'll see um, this year, I believe, in 2022, I believe, is coming out. So we'll see soon. This is the year, Farzine. This is the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, seriously, if you have not seen Spider-Man, you do have to see the previous Spider-Mans. And you kind of have to be familiar <laughs> with Tom Holland's backstory of the MCU Spider-Man. So because if, if you if you have not seen any of the Spider-Mans, you're not going to get you're you're not going to get any of the references. You're just not. Um, well, I'm gonna. I haven't stayed up with all the recent ones, but I'm gonna watch it, and I'll let you know if you really have to have seen all the Spider. Yeah, I'm really curious to know what your thoughts are on that. Text me when you uh, when you see it. I'd love to know your thoughts on. I that. will. Okay, totally. I have a question. Um, yeah, because I want to talk about this pandemic uh, for a moment. Ugh. What's the uh, What's the mask mandate for you in Alaska? Um, right now, I do not think that it, it, it is required. It keeps going back and forth. In fact, right before winter break, the superintendent of the public schools here in Anchorage, she was like, yeah, it's not going to be required anymore. And that was the same day that Omicron started making big news. And so everybody was up in arms. Um, well, every, the teachers, not like, like everybody, because a lot of people here could give two shits about the pandemic. And we have yeah. a mayor in Anchorage who doesn't even believe that it's real. He's like, I've already said what I'm going to say about it. And um, it, of course, like the hospitals are completely crowded and because it's not real, you know, um, gosh, dang it. I just want to say, can we just have some fucking common sense when it comes to the pandemic? No, you know, see, like, I'm glad you said that. Saying, just, just have some freaking common sense. Like I, when I'm in my little town, like we're about 10 minutes outside of Anchorage. Like I, I put my mask on when we go to the grocery store, if we're going to be around a lot of people. I, I put the mask on. Am I outside putting it on? No. You know, when we go into Anchorage, yes, I put it on because it's spreading there. You know, um, I will say but some, some well, people never wear it. Go ahead. I, when I was in, well, well, let me just say this. In Mexico, masks were highly suggested, but not enforced. But a lot of people had them on anyway. I think when you're like out mm-hmm. of the country, you kind of just want to play it safe, especially when you have to test the day before. Yeah. You just, you just want to make sure you test negative. Otherwise, you have to stay there for a few days. And that, I mean, no, like it, it, you don't get to enjoy the beach. They put you in, a, you're basically in jail. Um, which you don't want to do. Right. Um, in Nevada, I've had COVID. I've had COVID. In Nevada, masks are required indoors. So that was very interesting because I was in Nevada 
one day and when I came back home to Kansas, um, mm-hmm. store employees did not have them. As far as people right. went, it was 50-50. By the way, I was in Missouri. I thought Missouri um, required masks indoors. I was at Union Station picking up a book. Um, it was actually the um, Oswich, um, uh, the book for uh, the uh, uh, exhibit they have. Fantastic exhibit. If you haven't had a chance, please go. They extended it to March. And after that, it goes back to Europe. So please, Kansas City is like only one of two cities that has it in America. So go check it out. And if you can't buy the book, I've done both. I love that exhibit. Mm -hmm. A very important part of our history. Anyway, um, in Missouri, when I was at Union Station, there were it was about 50 50 and not a lot of people had masks. Um, So I thought that was interesting. Listen, I'm all for safety. I truly am, but I'm also for consistency. Like the NFL, there was an interesting uh, moment where Aaron Rodgers did a TV interview. He was distanced from uh, Aaron Andrews. And then after the interview, they thought they were off camera, but another camera angle had them live on TV and they hugged each other. It's like, you just did a, you just did an interview 10 feet apart and now you're hugging each other. I remember, I can't remember, I can't remember if it was Mahomes or Matthew Right after one of the games, one of them did a distant interview where they're 10 feet apart, and the other one did one shoulder to shoulder. Um, By the way, these NFL players, like, the NFL is really going out of their way to protect the players and coaches. So you cannot do in-person interviews up front and close like you could in the locker room. There's no locker room access. Um, The interviews are all in press conferences or on Zoom. Um, But these players, even though the NFL is protecting them in the facilities, you all you have to do is follow them on social media. These players are out and about partying like nothing's mm-hmm. happening, like there's no pandemic. Travis Kelsey and his girlfriend, they are out and about and having a lot mm-hmm. of damn fun, if you know what I mean, in the club. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, no masks, no social distancing. Um, Brittany Matthews, uh, Mahomes shared a, an interesting story last year when Brittany was pregnant about how they sleep in separate bedrooms during her pregnancy, but she was having bridal showers and baby showers, no mass and social distancing there. I don't like, I, I don't know. Listen, I understand what Patrick was saying. If it's true that they were in separate beds because Patrick plays a close contact sport with his teammates, the defenders hitting him. So I can understand that, but the story doesn't really line up right when Brittany is out partying with her girlfriends and having these bridal and baby showers. And listen, it's her life. Do what you want. But, you know, listen, my point is these athletes, Rob Riggle, in fact, he uh, admitted that he, he did an Instagram video saying that Laura Kelly, the governor of Kansas, asked him uh, to do a video uh, basically just promoting safety, you know, uh, wear a mask, social distancing, wash your hands. So these celebrities have been asked by some local politicians, hey, can you say something, you know, because let's be honest, um, whether we like to admit it or not, we listen to celebrities. That's why celebrities endorse politicians, by the way, because they know a lot of their followers will follow suit. So whether we like to admit it or not, a lot of people will listen to these celebrities. Uh, but they're, even the celebrities are not being consistent about all of this. Um, look, it's their lives. They can do what they want. I'm not here to say what they I'm should not and shouldn't consistent. do. I, listen, I'm, I'm not, not either. Consistent. You know what? I'm not either. Let me it's, tell you something. Was... <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me say this. I was in Vegas. And again, masks are required indoors. 
guess what? When I took a picture, guess what I did before taking this picture? Oh, you're, you're muted. So before you took the picture, did you have the picture on when you were masked? I think, no, I took the mask off. Yeah. So, I mean, here's the the thing. Like there are some people who have not gone out. They have not resumed normal life in any way, shape or forms for two years. Almost. We thought by now we would be in the clear. We are not. We need people in our lives. Like we have tried to do the whole, and, and you know, I work with Canadians and they're, they're going back on like lockdown and stuff, you know, and they're taking it very seriously. And we're just like over here still trying to do everything normal and as safe as possible. I mean, who's right. Who's wrong. Who fucking cares? Just do what you're going to do. Um, be as cautious as you can. There are people that are going to die from COVID because their immune systems are, they're immunocompromised. And, you know, people like me, like, I'm in my forties. I'm overweight. People like me die every day from COVID. Get your freaking vaccine. I promise you that you will not regret it. I have had COVID. My entire family has had COVID. We were double vaxxed. Uh, my kids obviously were not, but um, while other friends of ours had COVID and almost died or went into the hospital because their oxygen was so low and stuff was happening. It was like a freaking cold for my husband and I, he had the Moderna. I had the Pfizer he took one day off of work. We're both, we both work from home. Um, and he was fine. I had a weekend of just like complete fatigue. I just could not do anything but sleep, but I didn't get any hacking cough. Nobody in our house got a hacking cough. My kids had, you know, fevers and headaches. We quarantined and it was over Halloween and it sucked because my kids couldn't go trick or treating, but that's what happens. You know, you just, you take care of other people, use your common sense. I promise you, you know, the vaccine is not evil. It will keep you out of the hospital, you know, and it's, it's not that bad. Like everybody's going to get COVID at some point. I'm not, I'm not going to tell people what they should and shouldn't do. Um, I will say this. There's a lot of, there's a lot, (laughs) there's a lot of misinformation about this. Listen (laughs) again. I said this at the beginning of the podcast, this pandemic has gotten political and I don't know why. And I think it's weird that even political. Well, that's true. And I don't know why, but, um, even the conservative media outlets, uh, like Fox News, had a graphic over the summer. Fox News. Uh, well, well, they had it's a graphic trigger. showing that uh, the vaccines do work, and they had stats and all of that stuff posted on their on their um, on their uh, telecast. And by the way, if anyone wants the screenshot of that, just tweet me, and I'll reply to you with it because it does work. Um, and over the summer, this is what I was going to get into. Cases were really low over the summer. I was in Vegas in July. Nobody had a mask. 99% of the people did not have masks. The workers did, but the tourists did not. But six months later, New Year's Eve, it was every well, single person had it, which actually, is weird. my friends, I wanted to go to Vegas because we were in the lower 48. We were in Texas at that time. And my friends had just gone to Vegas at the very end of July, right when they started putting masks back on. They were there. And they were celebrating their anniversary. And, oh, wow. and like, I guess that's when the Delta variant, you know, yes, went crazy. You are right. So they were forced, they, they were forced to put their masks back on masks. Will they work? Will they not work? I mean, I wear a mask almost every time we go out. Um, if we're going to be like in a, an enclosed space, I try to always wear a mask. Um, and I still got COVID and I wash my hands and you know, everything. And I really don't go a lot of places anymore. Like I said, I'm fat because I don't move around. <laughs> I mean, are I don't are you? Places. 
Are you? But, um, your kids probably are familiar with this, but you know those Comic Con events. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're like you know celebrities like from comics and you know older TV yeah. shows. You Cosplay. know they go out and you can yeah. meet them. Um, so there's like this weird, funny rule where you have to have a mask at these events, but when you take a picture with a celebrity, you can take it off and take your picture. And the running joke was, oh, the, the virus does not spread when uh, you take a picture with a celebrity, which is a valid point. Like that, the, that makes no sense. In fact, I remember um, WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley, he admitted that he was taking his mask off to have, you know, normal pictures with fans. And he believes that is how he got it. Um, sure. Look, look um, here's my thing. Like, nobody's asking the question, but the whole thing from, like, July to now. July, like, the pandemic was gone. Like, it was close to gone. But what it really the- wasn't. But, well, that's my thing, though. Like, what the hell happened? How did that happen? Why did it happen? How did we end up here? Nobody's asking that. Nobody's it, asking. It, it wasn't gone. Okay. It wasn't gone. We were just over it. It, it was. Remember- yeah, but cases were low, Melody. Cases were, like, they really, were really low. You're right. But, but sickness usually like in the winter months that's when people in the fall and the winter is when people get more sick they're indoors more and um, there's something about like the pressure I, I remember watching this documentary about how the pressure around us keeps like sickness in and here's the thing like I was in Texas in um, July I was at a restaurant in a small town I think it was Decatur I was with one of my friends who I hadn't seen in a long time she had leukemia she has leukemia she was the only person she and her husband were only two people wearing a mask we were all just like crammed into this little restaurant it was a very nice restaurant she had covid she texted me two days later i really hate to tell you this but i have covid oh i and do I remember like, you telling oh, me that of course this wasn't the first and that's why like i we didn't drive anywhere and visit anybody we're like if this is the first first person we see tells us they have covid we're not going to make it a big thing about seeing people you know um we didn't get covid at that time um and, I, and I'm glad. I mean, we hugged. We freaking hugged. And I sat at a table with her, you know, and she had the mask off when she was and she's leukemia. Um, and she did have her vaccine yeah. and she is still doing OK. Um, but the thing is, it was never gone. It was never gone. And it's not going away. You I want to be clear. To do the best that you can with it. Uh, listen, I want to be clear. Be clear. Um, this should be taken seriously. I, I, again, I, I understand like depending on your political allegiance and based off what people are saying in your political realm, like that's what you're leaning on. And I think it's weird and stupid. Um, but the, the weird part is there's no attendance limitations for sporting events. They're all at full capacity. Um, WWE has been going around. Concerts have been happening. Uh, the UFC, Dana, right. White, Dana White, the president of the UFC keeps talking about how he's only allowed to do events in Vegas, Texas, and Florida which I don't get because I'm seeing WWE go everywhere. I'm seeing concerts mm-hmm. everywhere. I don't know why he is not being allowed to do it. I don't know if that's an athletic commission thing or what, but um, listen, I don't know about the uh, late night comedy hosts that you see on like CBS, NBC, but you can hear an audience in the background. You can tell it's not a fake one either. Now right. I, I do know that in those, if you buy a ticket, you have to show proof of vaccination which I know a lot mm-hmm. of people don't agree with, but that's not, that's a topic for another time. Again, I want to be clear, like this should be taken seriously, but here's the problem. And politicians on both sides have failed us, honestly, in my opinion. Um, there's, there's no consistency with this. And we and, have failed each other. It, well, here's the thing. 
if this like people because there are a lot of people complaining oh fauci is making up all these policies now and making all these suggestions that are being mandated folks i can understand yeah. everyone's frustration no one loves this like no one is saying man i love masks man i love you know being six feet apart from everyone like no one is saying that but nobody's as long doing as- that <laughs> Exactly. No one's doing it either. But that's my next point, Melody. I'm glad you said that because as long as this is around, all these conversations that we're all annoyed about are going to be around for a long time. Like, I don't know when this is going to go away. Like we we thought we we all said in 2021, it would be gone. January 1st, 2021. It is. What's today's date? January the 5th, January the 5th, 2022. It is not gone. Okay. I have a question for you. It's not going away. Uh, because people were like not sure like during the um like the beginning of this when it got really weird and people were like not sure is time going fast or is it going slow the past like almost two years has it gone by fast for you or slow it's it's creepy slow in the moments and it's super fast when you're looking back like it feels like it takes forever it's just like when you have a baby it, when you're when you have that baby and the baby cries all night long and you don't get any sleep like it feels like that like it feels like it's taking forever but it's not like it's super fast it's such a creepy but i feel like i feel like it was just 2019 you know what i mean like i feel like we're still back there i, I don't even think i've matured in two years i think i'm still as stupid as i was two years ago <laughs> uh, listen i'll just end with this again i not to repeat myself but i, I don't care where you lie politically but to repeat or, yourself or where where you um just how to seriously you're taking this or not seriously no one loves this like i don't hear anyone saying man yeah. i love masks man i'm so glad businesses <laughs> are struggling like no one's saying that but for, for whatever reason depending on your political allegiance, everyone has a weird, like a different way of approaching this. And I just don't understand the logic to that. I just, I just don't, but I don't either. Yeah. I, just I never take will take care of yourself and take care of each other. I I'm not, I'm not a person that believes in taking away choice. Like I believe that, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I, I think if you take away a person's ability to choose for themselves, you're taking away like um, just like an, what is that? Unalienable, right? Like everybody should have the choice um, to say no to something that is going to be put inside of their body, honestly. Um, and I think, so I, I'm not, a, I'm not for taking away people's choice in the vaccination, but I want to say that as somebody who believes in patients' rights and, and a human's rights, and I'm the same way, that's why I'm pro-choice. Like, I don't think you should be telling a woman about what she should and shouldn't be doing with her body. And I think it's kind of, um, ironic that those two forces are clashing a lot but here's the thing like the vaccine really does work it does its job yeah I and mean, if I anyone that passed away if anyone wants like proof of that fox news screenshot i was talking about tweet me i'm more than happy to reply to you with the um with that information on there because it like even the conservative media which again weird that it's politicized but even they have been saying even donald trump has been saying hey get the vaccine get the yeah. vaccine donald so, trump is now behind it so come on everybody well I he's have a feeling i mean listen that likes donald trump is listening to us right now he's 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 taking credit for it that mm. is a topic for another time he I'm invented not, I'm not, it I'm i not, bet <laughs> yeah he was in the he was in the lab just doing everything yeah um no but i mean listen uh, even like 
Republican politicians that have gotten it, they have been saying, hey, I'm glad I got the vaccine because it is helping me not deal with the symptoms and all that. So I'll leave it at that. I just want to say that, like, I don't regret it. I, I really don't think that there's anything inside of me floating around that's being controlled by the government. Like, I, I, you're good okay. if you get the vaccine. Melanie, I was told. Do you see this iPhone right here? Right. There is a microchip <laughs> in this iPhone. Okay. Right. Uh, by the way, the microchip theory is interesting. I don't get it. Listen, I got chills the second time. I also got sore the first time. I did get the booster because I do travel frequently. Mm. So look, mm-hmm. it, it like nothing you're going to be fine okay and joe rogan even said the people who get the vaccine and die those are people who have other underlying conditions right and and i want to say this i was told one of my best friends is a nurse practitioner and i asked her should i get the booster right now because i've i had COVID in october and she said wait three months she said right now you're a powerhouse so three months oh yeah because of the um, the antibodies Mm -hmm. yeah you do get antibodies and she's like, she's like, you don't want to mess with that natural stuff going on, which is good because I'm going to start traveling quite a bit with my new job. So, um, you know, I the powerhouse, but uh, I'm not afraid of it anymore. I'm not afraid of COVID anymore because I've had it. And um, I feel like that was a big thing. I was super scared. And before I had it, I was really scared. I thought I was going to die um, if I had it. Um, so I'm kind of glad to be over that. I do want to talk about this to uh, wrap things up. Uh, we lost two legends, okay. um, John Madden and oh, yeah. Betty White. Uh, let me just start so with sad. John Madden first. Uh, look, as a younger NFL fan, I obviously was more familiar with his video game commentary before his coaching mm-hmm. career. Obviously, I got familiar with that as time went on. Um, think about this, by the way. Like, no other sports video game is named after anyone. Only the NFL games right. are. Right. Um, and I think a lot of you guys know my backstory being from Iran, my family and I, obviously we have like almost no familiarity with American football, which is not something people in in the middle East watch. Um, although the NFL has improved on its international fan base over time. Um, but a lot of kids, they learn about football from their parents. Whereas for me, Mm -hmm. you know, my parents didn't watch football and I would hear about football going to school. I thought, you know, I need to kind of get into this and Madden helped me with like the basic rules. Now you don't get to learn everything with Madden, but you get to know the basics. And that really helped me. Like that's what Madden means to me a lot. Uh, because, um, that, um, that really helped me get more familiar with the sport in, in, in certain ways. Um, as far as, um, as far as Betty White goes, when my family and I moved to the U.S. early, we had little money, only one TV in a very small apartment. So obviously that was something we had to share. Um, my mom would watch the Golden Girls often. And so I yes. got familiar with it because we lived in a small apartment and uh, that was on a lot whenever my mom had the TV. And that helped her with um, with her English uh, watching that show often. Wow. Um, so Betty White in, in that show, uh, in specific, the Golden Girls, has had some personal significance to my family and I. Um, so I was very sad when I heard the news. But you know what? These two were in different industries. Betty White was the first female, the first woman to produce a sitcom called Life with Elizabeth. Uh, by the way, mm. there is a Netflix uh, documentary on her. It's less than an hour. I've watched half of it. It's great. It's called The First mm-hmm. Lady of Television. She was referred to as the huh. First Lady of Television. Um, wow. It's a fantastic look at her uh, career. The problem is that um, documentary is leaving Netflix January 11th. However, I think given the recent news with her passing and her 100th birthday coming up soon, I think they're going to find a way to extend it. I mean, it would just be right. You would have to do that. 
Um, uh, you know, I mean, she, and by the way, obviously I mentioned Golden Girls, which was one of the most successful shows um, on, t- on television, on NBC. And then John Madden, you know, he was a great coach, a great icon, a great mm-hmm. broadcaster. And of course, the video game. These are two people who whatever they touched in their industry, they just succeeded at it. Like they were always good mm-hmm. at it. And not just that, too. They were always just beloved, like. In those industries mm-hmm. with acting and coaching and sports, uh, and broadcasting, journalism, there are a lot of egos involved and a lot of you know negative things will be said about other people. That wasn't really the case with those two. That really was not the case. Mm-hmm. By the way, Betty White, uh, she even has the Guinness World Record for longest tenure in television. Um, so obviously, wow. I mean, that just shows you the uh what these two had i'm just curious if john mm-hmm. madden and or betty white have had any like personal significance to you melody yeah well i mean john madden only because of like the game and everything like that like i, I i'm not he it was sad but not like the betty white like i love betty white she's hysterical she's just a she was a good person she did a lot of good for other people um and it was sad it was like when prince died it was just so sad um like somebody that like has really done (laughs) i mean i just that was weird that i just said that um but but she was i love the golden girl it's funny because i watched it growing up because i am that old where it was a big thing when i was younger but Uh, how old were you watching golden girls i was like in elementary school i mean um yeah like that when it was on but it's fun to watch because that that just that's like my era of growing up but watching it as an adult is hysterical because I had no idea what it meant when I was younger. So it, it was, it's such a good sitcom, like for any era. It's so funny. And, you know, I posted a picture on my Facebook page of all of the golden girls, um, all of the characters hugging, you know, oh, yeah. uh, and that, that to me, that was just like, oh my gosh, I got goosebumps because I envisioned them in heaven hugging. They're reunited. And um, they, they were just a great group of gals. And, um, Betty White definitely left a mark, probably bigger than anybody else. I think in that, in that, well, no, I shouldn't say that, but (laughs) her Saturday night, when she hosted Saturday night live, that's considered one of the best episodes of Saturday night live. And by the way, that documentary I mentioned, which I highly suggest um, Mm -hmm. very early on, they do talk about her hosting SNL. I did not realize that. I mean, listen, I'm sure it's difficult, but no matter how great of an actor you are, Hosting Saturday Night Live is very yeah. hard. I did not realize how much work. Betty White even told her um, her agent or manager, whoever, she said, never again. I don't want to do this ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that is not an easy gig. For it, it, It's a dream right. gig. Like you, It's fun to do. But then when you're actually doing it, I guess there are more challenges than, than people thought. I'm so sure. I, I never learned that before. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm very sure it's very hard. Um, but I have yeah. one other question. Do you have any sisters? I do. I have sisters. So, are you, but they're older than you, so I'm not sure. No, that. I'm not. I'm not going there. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no the question I was going to ask, because I mean, look, I'm a guy. I like the Golden Girls. I mean, yeah, I was on in the background a lot with my mom watching, but I, as a kid, I, I was like four or five. I never paid attention. Um, th- was that one of those shows like you watch with like your sister or your mom or your female friends? Like, how, how would you describe that for guys who? Yeah. Well, familiar? you know, I. W- I watched it with, um, I watched it with my parents if they had it on, but I did when I was in high school and the reruns were big when I was in high school and I graduated in 1999 with my best friend, Ashley, she loved it. And she's the one that got me to watch it regularly because, you know, it was on when I was a kid, it wasn't my favorite show or anything. Um, but when I watched it with her in high school, 
So that's like over 20 years ago. That's when I just started laughing so hard. I couldn't believe that these, you know, older ladies were talking about some of the things like I was getting the jokes um, yeah. and we, we laughed quite a bit and, and, you know, and having female friends, I'm not really close with my sisters. I've got a lot of sisters. <laughs> um, I would say I have one that I'm pretty close with and that's it. Um, but I have some girlfriends that are, I'm super close with and it definitely like when you have fr- my, my, I can't turn the volume off of my watch. Do you hear it dinging? I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. My um, phone's, my phone went off. So that's okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, like to have a group of ladies in your life that stick with you that you can truth tell, you know, like you can just say, Hey, you're being such a, you know, jerk today or whatever. I can, I've cussed on this. I don't know why I didn't say what I was going to say, but anyway, like that's, that's pretty amazing to have a close knit group of girlfriends. is pretty, it, it's, don't take it for granted. You know, I've moved around yeah. enough in my life to know the loss of friends and to change and other people don't want to grow with you. And so to lose friends that way. So to have friends still around is really special. I think Betty White was an amazing woman and um, she just, she did a lot of good in the world. You know, she was ahead of her time and, um, and she's beloved by every generation. And that says a lot about yeah. like the two, those two people, Madden and white, like, Mm-hmm. the things they did, they were just always successful. Like, I mean, a lot of people, you know, wish for that success in their industries right. and for them to have always done that. And for their deaths to be so close at the same time, uh, you know, I, I suppose a coincidence, but you know, it, it just, the timing it's of sad. it is interesting. Yeah. It's sad because uh, for, for obvious reasons, it's sad, but uh, you know, they were just icons in their industry and, you're not going to see another Betty White. You're not going to see another right. John Madden. So and this is the mm-hmm. other thing, too. It's like, you know, the next generation, they're not going to have that familiarity with John Madden or Betty White. Um, and then the generation after, they're going to have less of a familiarity. So it's really interesting. Like, I, I do tend to, as a kid, I did not have a greater appreciation for history. I wish I did. Mm-hmm. And now it's like especially like football history, like the people who I've talked to on this podcast uh, and in media in general, when I was um, covering sports as a journalist, it's like, you really do get a better appreciation of history when you hear from someone older who's been in sports for a long time. And they tell you all these stories. It's like, you just shut up and mm-hmm. listen because they tell you all these mm-hmm. intriguing stories. And yeah. you know, it's like, it kind of gets me thinking. It's like, People down there, like I, you know, Gail Sayers, former Kansas Jayhawk, the the Kansas Comet. Mm-hmm. Um, when he passed away, I had uh, Dan Shanka on. Dan, very very nice guy. And by the way, he um, announced recently that he had a stroke, uh, but he is Aww. doing much better, uh, thankfully. Dan's an older guy. I mean, he's been around a long time, and he has shared stories with me. Uh, in fact, the same day um, we got the news that um, um, Gail Sayers passed. We, we both shared stories because I had the opportunity to interview Gail Sayers and he met Gail Sayers at KU before. So we shared stories about that. And that episode kind of made me realize like, you know, once you know, we, we, we lost Gail Sayers and Dan, you know, he's an older guy, you know, his time could be coming sometime soon. And when he passes, it's going to be up to people like me to retell the stories that he's shared. And then the people younger mm-hmm. than me, it's up to them to make sure they keep sharing those stories, but it just won't always happen in that same form because being mm-hmm. there and actually talking to those people and sharing those stories, is not mm-hmm. going to be the same. So, it, you know, that's part of history that I think we need to find a way to make sure it can be told in an authentic and 
correct, accurate manner. That's the word I'm looking for. So that's why you were asking me because you're like, you're old enough to have lived in the eighties. What was the real life? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, yeah, I wasn't born. I I, I got asked the people who were around. Um, Cause my mom, she started, we moved, we moved to the U S in 93 or 94. That's when the golden girls stopped, but they were showing the reruns constantly. So yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with the fact that it was a big thing. It still is. Like you even mentioned, in college, you would watch it. Where were you born? 91. <laughs> you were 81. You've told me this before. I was 80. Oh, 80. My bad. Well, close yeah. enough. The best freaking year around. Best year around. Was- <laughs> you know what? I wish I was Scorpio. born. I wish I was born in like the early 70s because I would have loved. I, I love music from the 80s like it's way better than the stuff you hear now like i would have gone to so many concerts in the 80s i'm not even kidding you yeah it was it was like no worries i but i think about it because i was a kid i love the 80s and um i yeah i'm into them i i I try to have 80s hair i still (laughs) try to do the wings and the big bangs like i'm all into it uh real quickly um tell everyone about your book the i'm sorry story how can they find it I just want to say, if anybody is still listening, like this is really long, like we have gone really, really long. So thank you. Zine, thank you for having me on. I always love talking with you. It's just like yeah, absolutely. a really good friend. And who knew, who knew that um, we would become such good friends over the last couple of years. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to, I, I wrote a children's book called I'm Sorry Story. It's I'm Sorry Story. And it's, um, it's in a dyslexic font. So if your child is dyslexic, this is, it's an, it's, um, written in a font that is supposed to be more friendly for people who have dyslexia, but it is a story for everyone. Um, it's just, how do you help kids navigate when they have made mistakes that have hurt others? How can you help them to learn how to take ownership, but make it right with others? And there's discussion questions at the end. I am an educator. There's activities at the end. And I really care. You know, I, I even put my PO box. If anybody wants to write me some fan mail, I haven't gotten any yet. I've gotten some fan emails, but no fan mail. And, um, I, you know, and, and, and it's also in Spanish. So it's, um, I, I try to be very inclusive. I like the story a lot. It's, I've been told by teenagers that they really liked it. They, you know, one of the babysitters that we had here, um, she's like, I've never, I've never read this kind of story before she's like nobody ever broke it down for me like this and um so i think it's a good story for everybody if you're mad at somebody or you've hurt somebody i think you should get it and give it to them and just say i'm sorry you know like it's a great i'm sorry this is one way to apologize to someone (laughs) uh melody hey um great stuff uh please check out melody's facebook just look up melody McAllister on facebook she does a lot of live streams with other authors um sometimes mm-hmm. when i get a chance i do check them out live uh, a lot of great content on there so be sure you check it out keep up the good work melody uh we'll keep in touch we'll obviously thank do you. this again yes thank you so much and i appreciate all of you guys you. for downloading and listening to this episode of farce cast uh we'll do another episode next week after the uh, regular season is over i'll do my nfl playoff predictions that'll be a lot of fun and uh Talk about the uh, AP voter that is not willing to vote for Aaron Rodgers for personal reasons. All of that and much more on next week's episode of Farscast. I'm Farzee Vasugan. Subscribe, share the links with your friends. Until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace out.